you. As we stay in your presence, we ask that we are available for your pleasure. We ask that you will will in us and work in us that which will bring you pleasure in the name of Jesus. Thank you, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now you may be seated in God's presence. God bless you. Um, we begin this evening by looking at burning love. The first thing I'd like to do is to remind you why we normally gather here at midnight cry. And I'd like to do that by taking you, if you will, to go with me to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. We will not be studying that passage, but I would like to make some comments on that passage to provide some bearing and connection with what we are focusing on at this time. Matthew chapter 25. I'm reading from verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Matthew 25. I'm reading from verse 2 now. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. No extra oil with their lamps. But the wise took oil in their vessels along with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. While the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Verse 6, and at midnight there was a cry. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us of some of your oil for our lamps are going out. I hope this lamp is not going out. Whoever is checking it should check it. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said our lamps are going out. Don't let this one go out. <laughs> Where we are reading about lamps going out. Praise the Lord. Okay. Verse 9. But the wise answered saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and for you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you do not know, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. In this passage of scripture, the Lord Jesus Christ is telling a parable that explains what the kingdom of heaven is like. And we have read the story 
And like I said, I'm not going to study this passage now. But notice that there were ten virgins, and these ten virgins all went out with the same purpose. What was their purpose? They all went out to meet the bridegroom. And they were all virgins. If you study them very carefully, there were several similarities that you will notice among them. They were all virgins. All of them had the same objective. All of them had lamps. All of them had some oil in their lamps. The difference was that the foolish ones did not take extra oil in their lamps when they went out to meet the bridegroom. So all of these virgins went out to meet the bridegroom. And in fact, another strange similarity is that all of them slept. You know, you would think that it will only be the foolish ones that will sleep, but everybody slept. But there was something that happened that was a saving grace to all those ten virgins. Because without that, even the wise virgins would still have missed the bridegroom. And that thing that happened was that at midnight, there was a cry. You see, if the bridegroom had come and there was no cry to wake up all the virgins, even the ones that had a lot of oil will still not be able to go in to meet the bridegroom. Are you following that now? So it means that as we are expecting the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, there has to be a cry in this midnight hour, just before the master comes. And the purpose of this cry is to wake up all the people of God to the fact that the master is coming back again. He's on his way and that we must get ready. That is when the difference between the wise and the foolish will manifest. That is when the difference will manifest. But if there is no cry in the midnight, even the wise virgins, they would have missed the bridegroom as we can see from this story. So, midnight cry is a program to wake up people so that they can trim their lamps and they can get ready for the return of the master, for the return of the bridegroom. And that is what we have gathered for. You see, when that person... So, by the way, it means that while the ten virgins were sleeping, there was somebody who was not asleep. You see, because for this person to raise the cry means that the person was awake. The person was watching. So the person saw two things. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you. There are two things that the person saw. The person that raised that cry saw the bridegroom that was coming and he saw the virgins that were sleeping. God is going to raise up, and this is our prayer, that God will multiply criers in this midnight who will see both the sleeping virgins and then they can also see the coming bridegroom. These are watchmen on the wall. Watchmen that are on the wall that can see what is coming and see what is happening. They can see the present and they can see the imminent. They can see the master coming and they can see people that are not ready. And then they are going to raise a cry. They are going to do whatever they can to wake up the people of God to prepare for the return 
of our heavenly bridegroom. And I want to say to you that Jesus is coming back again. This is the time to wake up and trim your lamps. Notice that when those virgins woke up, the Bible says all of them trimmed their lamps. When you trim a lamp, you are cutting away all the dead wick. You know, the parts of the lamp that is dead, that is not burning well, you cut it away, you trim it away so that the fresh wick that oil can enter into. You know, when the wick is burnt and it has become ash, oil can no longer flow into it. So when you trim away that dead part of the wick, then oil, fresh oil can rise into the wick and fuel the fire and the fire can burn brighter. So there is a trimming that must take place if we are to be ready for the return of the master. And even the ones that have extra oil, they must trim. The ones that do not have extra oil, this is the time to gather oil. And I thank God that you have come to Midnight Cry because this is a place where you can find oil that will help you to prepare for the return of the master. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. And when the bridegroom eventually arrived, remember, some people had no oil. They were begging for oil in the midnight. The midnight is not a good time to beg for oil. It's not a good time to look for oil. The wise virgins gathered their oil in extra vessels. Apart from having oil in the lamp, they had extra oil in their can. I want to say to you, brothers and sisters, where we are now in the body of Christ, it is not sufficient to have oil. Where we are now in the world and the way things are in the world, it's not sufficient for you to have oil in your lamp. You have to have extra oil. You need extra oil. Something that will last so that as the days are delayed and as the issues and the challenges are multiplied, you will not be stranded in the midnight. I said you will not be stranded in the midnight. And the key to it is to ensure that you have oil, not just oil, but extra oil. Oil, the oil of joy, the oil of the Spirit of God working in your life, the oil that purifies and that cleanses, the oil of fellowship and communion, the oil that sustains the lamp, that keeps the lamp burning. You have to have extra. You will not only know the Bible, you need extra Bible. You need extra truth in this crooked and perverse generation if you are going to shine as a light holding forth the word of life. You don't just need prayer. You need extra prayer. You don't just need holiness. You need extra an extra degree of holiness, an extra degree of purity, an extra degree of commitment, an extra degree of the fear of God. Regular fear of God will not sustain you through this generation. You need an extra dose of the fear of God. You need an extra dose of all the biblical virtues if you are going to be one of the overcomers in this generation. And I praise the Lord that at midnight cry, 
the Lord is going to do something extra in your life. He's going to add something extra. If you already have something, he will add extra. If you are one of the foolish ones that didn't have anything in this midnight hour, he is going to help you to begin to get oil so that you will not miss the bridegroom. Notice that by the time the bridegroom arrived and those foolish virgins went to go and buy oil, the wife said, give us, they said, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. And the wife said, sorry, there may not be enough for us and for you. Go to those that sell and buy for yourself. Please listen. If you are going to be dependent on people in this midnight hour, you are in danger. If you are going to be dependent on a man of God, on a preacher, on a church, on a pastor, if you are going to be dependent on a prayer specialist to pray your prayer and live a holy life for you, you are in danger. You have to get this extra oil for yourself. It's unfortunate that the wise virgins did not have enough to share with others. Part of my prayer in this midnight hour is that God will help me that I will not only have for myself, I will have some extra with which God can use me to help other people. I can imagine if those wise virgins had a big jerry can and they had plenty, then they could help their friends. But in the midnight hour, when the lambs of their close friends and fellow virgins were going out, they had nothing to share. May God make you an extra person. I say, may God make you a man of extra, a woman of extra. Father, in the name of Jesus, raise up men and women that have extra, extra, extra in this midnight hour. Extra from where other brothers and sisters can find help and find resources for this terminal terminal seconds of a terminal generation in the name of Jesus Christ. When the bridegroom eventually arrived, notice that he was not waiting for anybody. He has already waited for thousands of years. Jesus is coming back and we must be ready to meet him. This is what this program is about. And so our focus on burning love, love on fire, is because there is no better way to wait for the master. There is no better way to wait for the return of our Savior than for the love of God to be ablaze and on fire, burning inside our hearts. Have you understood the matter now? That's why we have gathered. So that God will kindle our hearts, not just with the love of God, not just with the love of God, but with love that is on fire. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, go with me to Song of Solomon, chapter 8, so that we can read our text for this August gathering. Song of Solomon, chapter 8. The Song of Solomon is just before the book of Isaiah. And chapter 8 is the last chapter of that book. Hallelujah. We are reading just from verses 6 
to 7 verses 6 to 7 some people have wondered why they put that book inside the bible why god put it inside the bible and i think that we have the answer in this passage that we are going to study uh, during this conference it is because god wanted using the lover and the beloved solomon and the shulamite god wanted to reveal to his people his love for us and how we are to respond to that love with burning love god wanted to reveal his burning love for us and how we are to respond with burning love for he himself and for his purpose in our generation that is the purpose of the book love that is unquenchable with a response that is unquenchable birthed in our hearts by the love of God for us blessed be the name of Jesus so we will not be studying the book we are going to be focusing on these two verses song of Solomon chapter 8 from verses 6 to 7 set me as a seal upon your heart as a seal upon your arm for love is as strong as death jealousy as cruel as the grave its flames are flames of fire a most vehement flame verse 7 i'm reading the new king james version many waters cannot quench love many waters cannot quench love many waters cannot quench the love of god nor can the floods drown it the floods cannot drown it if a man will give for love all the wealth of his house if a man gathered all the wealth of his house and he wants to give it so that he can buy this love it will be utterly despised now if you look at your program you will notice that we have the same scripture in two different translations the reason is because when you read the bible from different translations oftentimes you gain insight and get understanding that you will not get if you only read it from one translation so we encourage you to cultivate that discipline as part of your study of the word of god so i want to read it now from the niv which um, brings further clarity to it and then also from the message translation niv place me as a seal over your heart like a seal on your arm for love is as strong as death it's jealousy unyielding as the grave it burns like blazing fire like a mighty flame it burns like blazing fire like a mighty flame you will notice that according to the niv here the jealousy is the jealousy of love so let's read it again he said 
place me as a seal like a seal over your heart like a seal on your arm for love is as strong as death it's jealousy in other words the jealousy of love is not a separate jealousy he's still talking about the jealousy that issues out of love that jealousy is unyielding as the grave it burns like blazing fire like a mighty flame many waters cannot quench love rivers cannot wash it away floods cannot wash it away if one were to give all the wealth of his house for love it will be utterly scorned that's the niv and now here is the uh, message translation he says love is invincible look that word is not invisible it's invincible invincible means you can't harm it you can't destroy it you can't you can't you can't touch it it's untouchable it's it's unquenchable indestructible so love is invincible facing danger and death that means when love is facing danger or is facing death it is fearless it's indestructible passion laughs at the terrors of hell the fire of love stops at nothing the fire of love does what stops at nothing it sweeps everything before it flood waters cannot drown love torrents of rain can put it out he said flood waters cannot drown love torrents of rain can't put it out love can't be bought and love can't be sold is not to be found in the marketplace so in a generation where the love of many is growing cold god calls us to burning love love on fire such love of god and for god and his purpose and for his people cannot be quenched by the floods of our time satan and his agents along with the world and all its pressures cannot quench such love the fire of love stops at nothing it sweeps everything before it and it is this burning love that must blaze in our hearts as we see the day of our lord's return approaching blessed be the name of jesus christ so we have come before the lord at midnight cry 2018 to have this love shed abroad afresh in our hearts by the holy spirit and we believe that as we seek him he will do something for us in us and through us that will not only survive the floods of our generation but help to ignite other lives and movements to advance his kingdom blessed be the name of jesus christ so i invite you to open your hearts to fresh baptisms of the love of god and may that love control urge and impel us to the fulfillment of god's purpose for our lives and for our generation in the mighty name of our lord jesus christ hallelujah amen 
So have you understood the text that we have read? Have you understood the text? We are going to be looking further at it. But let me begin by saying that there are all kinds of love. There are all kinds, all types, all shades, and all kinds of expressions of what people call love. You have the love that, and if you read scripture, you hear the Bible talk about different aspects of love. It says in the book of First Timothy chapter 1, I think it's verse 6, it says the end, the goal of the commandment is charity, love out of a pure heart, huh? of a good conscience and of faith that is sincere and unpretended. So you see there can be love from a pure heart, meaning that there can be love from an impure heart. Somebody can call something love, but it is coming from a heart that is not pure. Automatically, that scripture tells you the kind of love that is floating around in our generation. You have what people call love, but it's not coming from a pure heart. A man says to a woman, I love you, but he's making that statement with a heart that is not pure. So obviously, that thing that is calling love cannot be the love of God because the love of God is pure and the love of God cannot issue out of a heart that is not pure. So ladies and sisters especially, when a man says, I love you, be asking yourself, where is this so-called love coming from? Is it coming from a pure heart? And if that love is coming from a pure heart, will it be suggesting immorality? Obviously not. So you have love. The Bible says, let love be without dissimulation. Big word, it means without deceit. You have love that has deceit inside. Somebody is saying, I love you, but is planning something and is cooking something, but is using love as the cover. You have all kinds of love. People talk about love, but it is love between a man and a man for them to go and sleep together. Sexual love between a man and a man. Is that pure? Is that coming from a pure heart? Is that according to the word of God? And the scripture says very clearly that such practices are an abomination. But now people call it love. So you have all kinds of love in our generation today. You also have love that can be cold. The Bible says, because iniquity will abound, what is going to happen? It says, the love of many will wax or grow cold. So love can be cold. They call it love. They say they have love. But now that love is cold. Jesus spoke to the church in Laodicea and the master said, because you are neither hot, you are neither cold nor hot, but you are lukewarm. So notice, the church in Laodicea was not cold. That's what the master said. But they were not hot. So where were they? They were lukewarm. They were somewhere in the middle. So love can be cold. Love can be lukewarm. But we also see from the passage that we have just read, that love can be on fire. Notice that fire is different from just hot. If you put your finger in hot water 
the water is hot but if you put your finger in fire that's a different experience so now notice that from these scriptures i've quoted we have established at least four levels of love huh? love that is cold love that is lukewarm and now that's even talking about the love of god we have also seen that there is love that is not the love of god but when you come among those that profess love for god and the love of god you can have love that is cold you can have love that is lukewarm you can have love that is hot and you can have love that is burning love that is a blazing fire now when you come to fire fire has different temperatures fire has different temperatures you see the temperature of fire firewood is different from the temperature of the blue flame when you are using gas to cook it's fire but the temperatures are different there are even flames that are hotter than the blue flame there are there is fire that is even hotter than that so you see that even when you come to love that is burning there are also different degrees of that kind of love so you see there are different kinds of love someone says i love god it may be true that the person loves god but what is the status of that love is it cold is it lukewarm is it hot is it burning and if it is burning what kind of fire is it it's important that we attend to these matters because jesus is not coming for a lukewarm church is not coming for cold hearts why is it that the flood of iniquity remember we just read in this scripture he said many waters cannot quench love floods cannot drown it so why is it that the bible said the master himself said in matthew 24 that because iniquity will abound the love of many will wax cold uh -uh. we just read here that many floods cannot quench the love of god so what kind of love is it that these people had that the flood of iniquity was able to turn their love cold so it means that there is another love that floods of iniquity will be powerless to turn cold that's fine when you read that scripture it says because iniquity will abound the love of everybody will wax cold is that what that verse says i can't hear you is that what that verse says the verse never says anything like that it says the love of many will wax cold but there will be some people whose love will be exempted from such coldness there will be a category of people who are living there will be a category of people who are living in the midst of the same flood of iniquity whose love is not waxing cold so what will be their secret their secret is that there is another love that has possessed their hearts there is another fire that is burning in their spirits and it is the fire of the consuming fire himself fire that burns water 
Do you know that there is fire that water can quench? And there is fire that uses water as fuel. The Bible says when God was going to bring down fire on Mount, on Mount Carmel, Elijah and the prophets of Baal, I'm sure you know the story. The Bible says the prophets of Baal took their cow and they cut it into pieces and they laid it in their altar and began to call Baal to bring fire. But no, there was no answer. And then Elijah, at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, he rebuilt the altar. And then he began to dig a trench. And they said, Elijah, what are you doing with this trench? He said, we are going to pour water on it. But you are, you are trying to pray for fire and you are going to pour water. He said, yes. By the time Elijah finished, he arranged the wood in order. First of all, he repaired the altar. Then he arranged the wood in order. And Elijah now laid the sacrifice, the, the bull, on top of the altar. And then he said, pour water. And they poured the water on the animal that had been cut to pieces, the cow that has been cut to pieces. He said, do it again. And they did it again. He said, do it the third time. And they poured more water. And the Bible says, the water was running on the bull that was cut on the altar. And even the trenches were filled with water. Then Elijah said, now it's time to pray. And I have timed the prayer that Elijah prayed. I timed the prayer. That prayer is less than two minutes long. The prayer is less than two minutes long. He said, oh God, God of Israel, let it be known today that I am your servant and that all of these things I have done, I have done them according to your word. In other words, I didn't just come here to do show or to display power. You are the one that did this thing. And let them know that you have turned their hearts back to yourself. He said, hear me, oh God, hear me. That these people might know that you are the true God in Israel. Do you know that Elijah didn't mention fire in the prayer? Some of you think that God is going to answer you because you are shouting, Holy Ghost fire, Holy Ghost fire. You don't understand the Bible. Elijah did not mention fire. But God that searches the heart. And God who arranged that situation knew the matter at stake. The Bible said, while Elijah just finished praying, the fire of God descended and consumed the entire sacrifice and began to lick up the water. See, the fire began to lick the water. The fire, cons the fire used the water as fuel. So you see that, hey, yeah, whoa! So you see that the iniquity that quenches the love of many people provokes the fire in many other people. You don't know there are believers that iniquity is a temptation. But there are other believers that iniquity is an irritation. There are believers that when you see iniquity, you see sin. Oh, you say, hey, am I going to commit it? Ah. And as you are asking that question, you can see yourself going through the iniquity. But there are other believers with the love of God, another kind of love, which is what God has to do to us in this place. There are other Christians that when they see iniquity, instead of being tempted by it, they are provoked by it. What other people are longing after, and it is only 
just a small rope holding them back from from falling into it is what somebody else is saying god how can they live like this they need to be saved the difference is in the temperature of love i want you to listen love has a temperature love has it of course love has to have a temperature because if god is love and god is a consuming fire so it means that love is a consuming fire look at the equation god is love god is a consuming fire therefore consuming fire equals to love and love equals consuming fire that is basic mathematics if a is equal to b and and the c is equal to b therefore what c must be equal to a because they are the same there is a love that god has brought us here and it's not these kinds of love that i have mentioned it is another type of love the bible talks about the love of the world it's a love not the world nor the things that are in the world say if any man loves the world the love of the father so you see you have the love of the world and then you have the love of the father he said the love of the father is not in him because the things that are in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life he said they are not of the father but they are of this world and this world is passing away but the one that does the will of god that person will endure forever so the love of god is our focus in this gathering and our prayer for you is that you will encounter that love you will encounter that love in its reality you will encounter it in its correct temperature and that fire will never stop burning in your heart in the name of jesus christ hallelujah so now the love that is being described in the passage that we read is not merely the love between a man the man and his beloved it is the love between the lover god the father himself and we his beloved and like i said this is the only reason that that book the song of solomon is present in the bible hallelujah it's a description of the love of god for his people towards his people and the love of god in his people hallelujah so i like us to take a closer look at our text let's take a closer look at our text now and see what it says it says place me like a seal over your heart place me like a seal over your heart excuse me for you to understand this scripture you need to understand what is this seal that they are talking about he says place me as a seal you see that seal there is not just like a stamp or a rope eh? or the way you seal an envelope you know if you have an envelope and you want to seal the envelope you maybe lick it and then you now seal the envelope you have closed it that's not that seal for you to understand that seal you know that some people have cows and what people used to do and is still done today is that they have a hot metal iron with 
a particular shape or a mark that belongs to them. Are you following? So what they will do is they will put this iron inside the fire. Then the fire will burn and then that iron will become red hot. Then they will take that iron and stamp it on the body of, of the cow. Eh? So it will burn on the skin of the cow and it will be permanent. So that you can't wash it away, you can't wipe it away. So that if anybody sees that cow, they will know that it belongs to the owner of this mark, the owner of this seal. So you will say that the person has sealed the cow. He has put his stamp of ownership on that cow. Are you following that now? The other way they used to seal, like in those old days, when you read that Nebuchadnezzar or Xerxes, Ahasuerus, the king, or Pharaoh made a decree and they sealed it. The ring that those kings used to have would have a particular mark on their ring. So when they write a letter, they put wax, wax, something like candle, something like candle. They will put the wax and then while the wax is still soft before it hardens, just imagine that the candle is still soft. Then they will use that ring and stamp on it and it will show the mark of the king. By the time the letter hardens, by the time the, uh, what's it called, the wax hardens, then the seal on that document, on the scroll, the seal on the scroll is now permanent. You, you can't break it without seeing the mark of the person that, that sealed it. So to seal in that scripture is to put a stamp of ownership. And look at what that scripture is saying. He said, place me, listen, look here. Place me like a seal. Where am I to put this seal, please? On your heart. Stamp me like a seal upon your heart. You don't know the kind of things that are in the hearts of people. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. Because out of the heart are the what? Are all the different issues of life. They are coming from the heart. The Lord Jesus Christ said, out of the heart proceeds what? Adulteries, evil thoughts, murder, thefts, uh, fornications, um, uh, deceit, lying. All kinds of things come out of the heart. But in this scripture, Come and hear where the Lord is speaking to his people. He said, stamp me. Let me be the seal that is stamped upon your heart. Branded with fire. Indelible. That cannot be wiped away. Stamp me. It's not even about ministry. It's not about preaching. That's why we have in this program what we call passion for Jesus. A love for Jesus where Jesus himself is stamped on our heart. Jesus is engraved. He is seared into our spirits. Indelible. So it means that no matter what we face, no matter what confronts our heart, anything that is coming to this heart that has a seal must confront the seal. If anything is coming, it will see the seal. 
it will see that this heart is not vacant this heart is not vacant there is a seal upon this heart the lord said place me stamp me as a seal upon your heart and then he said as a seal upon your arm so notice that the heart comes first and then the arm follows he said put me let me be the seal upon the source of all your affections put me as the seal on the fountain from where things come out i want to take my place at the source the source of all the issues of your life stamp me me not activities not church not choir not ministry not preaching me stamp me like a seal upon your heart you don't know the trouble when plenty things you read in that scripture come and see look at that latter part of that verse look at verse 7 he said many waters cannot quench love nor can the floods drown it look at that last part he said if a man will give all the wealth of his house for love he said it will be utterly despised what the master is saying is that if you have not stamped me as the seal upon your heart your heart is sealed with my stamp on that heart if that has not happened listen here what we are being told is that if you give all the wealth of your house you gather all the money that you have you multiply the offerings that you put in church you multiply the 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 activities that you do you multiply your service you do all kinds of things you play the music loud and you you manifest gifts of the spirit do you hear what first corinthians chapter 13 said he said if i give everything that i have eh, to the poor but i don't have this love stamped as a seal upon my heart he said it is nothing why is that so because love cannot be replaced with all the wealth of your house he said even if i have all spiritual gifts and i have prophecy i can prophesy and i know the answer to everything and i can do all kinds of miracles he said but i don't have this love stamped as a seal upon my heart he said all of those things i am doing they profit me nothing So you see the confirmation in first corinthians 13 of what we are reading here in songs chapter 8 because it is the same love of god that we are studying stamp me as a seal we are upon your heart me ah do you know that this thing that we are reading jesus did it before he told us to do it it was because we were stamped with a seal upon his heart and his heart could not let us go that was why he left heaven i said that was why he left heaven his heart could not watch us perish his heart could not watch humanity go to hell he said father i will go 
so that they may be saved. His heart could not watch man and woman, humanity, lost billions and billions of humanity that will live through history. His heart of compassion could not allow it to happen. That was why he left heaven. You can see that compassion manifested in his life. Come and hear, come and hear. When the Bible says that Jesus would see somebody suffering, you know what the Bible will say next? He said, moved with compassion. Moved with compassion. Why was the thing moving him? Because it was in his heart from where the issues of his life came out. The very direction of the master was determined by the love of God that was stamped in his heart for, for us. The Bible said he saw this woman, they were carrying her only son, the widow of Nain. They were carrying her only son to go and bury. And as they were coming out of the city towards the burial ground, the master was entering into the city. And when he saw this woman, the Bible said he was moved with compassion. When he saw the sick and the afflicted, he was moved with compassion. I just picture compassion. I picture love carrying him in the direction of the beloved in pain and in suffering. Why was that so? Because that love was stamped in his heart. Did you hear what the Bible said? He said, many waters cannot do what? Cannot quench love. And I want you to listen now. Listen like you have never listened before. I want you to listen. He said, floods cannot quench it. Do you know, brothers and sisters, when God created man, from chapter 3, sin entered. Chapter 3 of the book of Genesis. In fact, it was at the end of chapter 1 that man was created. So you only have chapter 2 in between the creation of man and the fall of man. Sin entered into the world. Now, brothers and sisters, the sin that entered into the world became a river. Then it became a flood. It became a flood of evil. A flood of iniquity. Such that sin began to rule over every human being. And the heart of man was pouring out a flood of wickedness. By the time you get to chapter 6, let's look at Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. I want to show you something and I think that's where I'm going to close tonight. Genesis chapter 6. Don't forget that man was created in chapter 1. Sin entered in chapter 3. Now, look at what happened in chapter 6. From verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was what? Was great. Somebody say great. The word of God says great. The wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every intent, every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil occasionally. 
No, continually. Every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil. How? Continually. Does somebody have the message translation? Help us to read that verse 5. I want you to see the flood of iniquity, the flood of evil, the flood of sin that came out of man. God saw that human evil was out of control. People thought evil, imagined evil. No, 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 read it with the command in place. People thought evil, imagined evil, 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 evil from morning till night. Did you read that thing again? Read that. I want you to listen to what the Bible is telling you here. This is just three chapters after sin entered. Sin had become a raging flood. Raging flood. Pouring out of humanity. Sin was pouring. The mouth of the wicked poured out foolish things. The hand was killing people. Murder had entered. Cain had killed Abel. Lamech had killed another young man that he said wounded him. Wickedness, polygamy, and, and, and immorality had entered. Sin and iniquity were everywhere. Read that verse again, brother. Go ahead. God, God saw that human evil was out of control. God saw. What did God see? That human evil was out of control. People thought evil. People thought evil. Imagined evil. Imagined evil. Evil, 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 evil from evil morning to night. From morning till night. Look, this is giving you an idea. The evil is repeated four times in that place. They thought evil, they imagined evil, 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 and they did it from morning till night. And the following morning, the flow, the unremitting, ceaseless flow of evil continued. By the time you come into, read later, the iniquity was everywhere. It had become a flood. The Bible said there is nobody that is righteous. Their mouth is an open sepulcher. Their hand is swift to shed blood. They are committing sin. Sexual immorality means nothing to man. Two people that are not married are sleeping together. A lady and a lady are having sex like man and woman. Man and man are sleeping together. They are even sleeping with animals. Stealing, robbery. People are taking what does not belong to them. The wickedness of man, anger. A man is beating his wife and kicking her as if he's a foot, she's a football. This is a woman that he married from her husband's house, from her parents' house. Nice and gentle before she got to his house. And then he just destroyed her life. And then he will push her out and go and marry somebody else. Evil, evil wickedness rulers we are doing all kinds of things immorality was everywhere they are watching it they are performing it they are looking at it on their on their when they dance in the in their celebration they even included it in their worship of their gods evil 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 but i want you to listen i want you to listen to the gospel come and hear the bible he said many waters could not quench the love of God 
for human beings. All the floods of iniquity could not quench the love that Jesus Christ has for you and I. All of our wickedness and all of our iniquity flowing like a flood could not quench the love of God. Instead of sending us to where we belong, to the hell where we belong, and sending us, closing our case, the Bible says, God so It's an endless word. It's an endless word. It is the word in that verse that tells you the size of the love. The unstoppable nature of the love. The unquenchable nature of the love of God. For God so he loved the world. Which world did God love? This world that is pouring out this river of iniquity. This flood of wickedness. Instead of judging you and judging me. God so loved the world. That he did what? He gave his only begotten son. The son of his love. So that anybody who believes in him. Will not perish. But have everlasting life. All our iniquity. Ah, come and hear the Bible. You say all of us like sheep. We have gone astray. We have turned. Mark the word turned. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord, what did he do? Instead of giving us the judgment that belongs to us, he says, The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of all of us. Many waters of our lukewarmness, our backsliding, our hatred our secret sins, floods of our own iniquity could not quench the love that God has for us. So what happened? The sinless went to the cross and died. And he was nailed to the cross in our place. The man of sorrows acquainted with grief, not his own, so that we can find eternal salvation. That's the beginning of the matter. So when the Bible says many waters cannot quench love, it's not first of all about quenching your love for God. No. You have to understand the thing right. <laughs> waters of our wickedness and our sin could not quench, oh God, the love of God. It could not quench. And as you are sitting here tonight, I want you to listen. If you are honest with yourself and you look at your life, you can see the flood of your iniquity. Even though you say you go to church and you are baptized and you receive only communion, all you need to do is to look at, you don't need to look far. You can see the flood of your iniquity. You can see the flood. You, what are you thinking in your heart? Is it not evil, 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 continually? When you see a woman, what are you thinking in your head? When you see a man, what are you thinking in your heart? What do you have inside your phone? The phone that you are holding right now, what do you have inside? Is it not evil? The money in your bank account, how did you get it? Did you get it correctly? The words that come out of your mouth, are they righteous? Are they holy? What are you doing with your body? The temple of the Holy Spirit, what are you doing with your body? How are you treating your wife? Is it not evil? 
that you will have money you will not give to her and you will go outside and eat whatever you like and leave her to fend for the children is that not evil as you look at your life you don't need to look far to see what i'm preaching about but let me tell you the good news you know the good news the good news is that all of these floods of iniquity that you have committed they have never quenched the love of god for your life he still loves you and he wants to shed abroad that same love with which he has loved you come and hear the bible say with an everlasting love i have loved you with an everlasting love a love that is from everlasting and is to everlasting you say that is the love with which i have loved you you say and that is why with loving kindness i am drawing you to myself tonight that love is calling you that love that cannot be quenched is calling you a lot of the people that say they love you they were only looking for somebody to use and when they got what they wanted they dumped you and kicked you to one side look at judas you just get the example judas was being celebrated by chief priests and high priests when they needed him i said when they needed him hi judas is around i can imagine when judas the first time judas went and introduced himself as one of the apostles of the lord jesus christ ah the receptionist said wait 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 she ran straight inside and went to the high priest and said i said uh, high priest there's somebody you must see now he said who is that is judas the treasurer of the man that you have been looking for he's waiting outside the door opened wide judas walked majestically high priest said sit down sit down sit down judas sat down said we like a cup of tea or coffee or chai or something judas was in charge every time judas came the door opened he could have audience with the top echelons of of jewish society they were celebrating him they gave him his money cash 30 pieces of silver but when judas needed them after they got jesus and the bible says judas realized that he had committed evil by betraying an innocent man judas went back to his friends oh judas went back to his friends and he said i have sinned i have sinned i have betrayed innocent blood and this is high priest because high priest maybe could have made some sacrifice maybe there's a sacrifice that high priest will have made that will have helped judas in judah because you see by this time even the disciples are not sure that jesus is the messiah so who better to confess his sin to than the high priest judas where i have sinned i betrayed innocent blood what can you do for me sir what can you do for me sir and you know what they said to judas get out of here bastard go and solve your problem by yourself that is what people call love now when they have used you and they have done all the things they want and they have satisfied themselves and then you say I, I, i'm pregnant though i didn't see my period get out of here am i the only one to call my name there i'll teach you a lesson but he said it was love he said he loved you but tonight another love is calling you 
there's another love that is calling you it is the love of jesus that you reverse of your sin reverse of your iniquity you are stealing from people you have money in your pocket that does not belong to you the phone you are using you stole it you've been a thief you've done all kinds of things you've used drugs you have been part of cults beating people and even kill them but there is a love that will not let you go there is a love that will not let you go there is a love that is calling for you tonight and my prayer is that you will hear and you will respond to that love and he says come to me and i will give you rest i paid yours for your sins because my love for you is sealed is set on my heart you are engraved on the palms of my hands your words are continually before me my mercy will forgive you that's where this meeting must start it is our response to that love that unquenchable love that we determine whether that our hearts will now become a headquarters from where the same love can begin to flow to our generation let us pray oh god father in the name of jesus holy spirit of god this word has gone forth now now precious gracious holy spirit use this word to arrest hearts use these words to draw people to the love of jesus christ use these words of life and power to break the chains of darkness to birth a new life to recreate hearts washed by the blood of jesus christ now gracious holy spirit of god shed abroad shed abroad the love of god into new hearts recreated by the washing of regeneration and by the quickening of the holy spirit remove old hearts and bring new spirits and new hearts into your children here tonight and kindle in these hearts the love of god that floods cannot quench and as people respond to you holy spirit do a thorough work lord jesus do a thorough work in hearts and bring glory to the father bring glory to the father thank you father there is a love that is calling for you tonight in the name of jesus you will respond to that love as you look at your life can you see the oceans of your iniquity can you see the rivers the floods of your secret sins or are you righteous are you righteous the lord jesus is calling you tonight he says i am not condemning you i love you i want you to know everything that you have done i've never quenched the love that god has for you he's calling you because he loved you with an everlasting love and tonight you have an opportunity to receive his mercy to say jesus jesus i want to receive your love i want you to wash away the rivers of my iniquity i want you to give me a new heart i want you to change my life jesus 
I want to receive the love that brought you down for my salvation. As many persons tonight here now, you are saying, Yes, Brother Ferdinand, pray with me. I want that love. I want him to have mercy on me. I want to receive the love of Jesus. I want my sins forgiven me. The Lord is calling you tonight. He loves you. He loves you. And this is your moment now. Raise the hand above your head and say, please pray with me. I want to receive the love of Jesus. I want him to forgive my sins. Raise up that hand above your head now. Thank you. Yes, raise it up above your head. You know your sin. You know your life. But tonight you are saying, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, wash me. Jesus, change my heart. Jesus, save me from my sins. Raise that hand above your head. Thank you. Thank you, sister. Thank you, young man. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. All of you putting up your hand, please stand now. Thank you. Thank you. Stand. I want you to stand. Rest. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Stand, stand, stand. Raise up your stand. Please begin to come to me here. Begin to come to me. Come to Jesus. Not me now. Come to Jesus. Come. Come and kneel down. And as you kneel down, say, Jesus. So despite my reverse of sin, despite my iniquities, Jesus, despite my sin, you receive what you want me. I want you to listen. Young man, as you are sitting down there, Jesus wants you. No matter what you have done, no matter where you have been, Jesus wants you. He wants to forgive you. Stand and come. Sister, don't cover your sin. This is your night of mercy. Jesus wants to change you. Please kneel down and begin to cry to him. So Jesus, you still love me. Jesus, you still love me despite all I have done. I repent, Jesus. Come into my heart. Forgive me. Begin to pray. Don't keep quiet. Cry out to him. I say, so Jesus, you still love me. You still love me, Jesus. You still love me. Some of you are still sitting down. I am I'm speaking to you now in the name of Jesus. Satan, I break your power over their hearts and their minds. I lose the captives tonight in the name of Jesus. Yes, respond to the love of Jesus. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. No matter where you have been, no matter what you have done, come forward now. Come and receive mercy. Ask him to forgive you. Say, Jesus, so despite my sins, you are still calling me. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Just stand. You must hurry now. You have to hurry up. Stand and hurry and come to this place and say, Jesus, so with all my sins, you still want me. You still want me. You want me. Even though I'm a hypocrite. See, you are a hypocrite. You have been going to church. You have been singing in the choir. Jesus should have sent you to hell. But he loves you. He loves you. He paid for you. He paid for you. Run to the altar. Run to the altar. And come and receive him. Come and find mercy. Come and find grace. You will never be the same again. Your 
ghost as I am. Everybody sing. Without one plea, but that thy blood, but that thy blood was shed for me, was shed for me. 